Well, good morning and welcome to the Refuge Church. And I am so excited that you would take this time, that you would choose to spend this time with us, worshiping and blessing and praising our God. And I pray that in these next few moments, God would say something, God would do something, God would move in your life in such a way that you would understand that in 2020, in spite of what's going on, you're built for this, you're built to overcome, you're built to succeed, you're built to win, you're built to prosper. And so we invite you into the presence of God as we seek his face and as we seek him, that we might, he might download into us that which we need to face forward in this week. So listen, sit back in your chair, Lean back, get ready, because God is getting ready to speak into all of our lives in these next few moments. Let me pray with you. Father God, we thank you for waking us up this morning. Lord, we recognize that you are a mighty God and there is nobody, no thing like you in all the earth, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the fact that you forgave us for all of the times that we thought the wrong thoughts and did the wrong things and said the wrong words. The fact that you didn't discard us like we deserved, but that your love overcame each and every shortcoming of ours. So right now in this very moment, Lord, we come before the throne of grace asking that you might bless these next few moments that we spend together, even in this format, Lord, that you would unite us wherever we are in the word, because your word says that we're two or three are gathered gathered in your name that you are in the midst. And since you are an omnipresent God, we recognize that you are in the midst of this very moment wherever we might find ourselves. So have your way in this place, Lord. We ask that you would find pleasure and peace in our worship and our praise on today. And that in the name of Jesus, that name would be lifted up and glorified and people might be drawn unto him. In that name of Jesus, we pray amen and amen. Look, y'all, I'm so excited about this. I'm ready to get into some faith declarations. So if this is your first time, or even if it's not, welcome to The Refuge Church, a safe place where everyone can grow one step closer to Jesus Christ every single day. We are biblical, balanced, and beneficial in everything that we do. We are Christ-centered, Bible-based, spirit-filled, and kingdom-oriented, and we are built for this. Oh, bless the name of the Lord, our God. Good morning, Refuge family. This is a part of our service where we pass the peace. If you're new to our ministry, this is where we virtually show the love of Christ to you, our guests, as well as to our partners, families, and friends. So if you don't mind, take this time out to either uh, like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or leave an encouraging comment in the comment section below. So Refuge, let's pass the peace.
Church, you know that all this year we've been working on this theme, that we're built for this, that we've been working through this whole process of what it means to be God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. And so even in this time, I've been dealing from this topic, from this idea of how to have love on lockdown, how to make sure that uh, the ones that you live with, that you don't lose love for. Uh, listen, in this time, being in close proximity to one another uh, for such long periods of time has begun to expose some of the weaknesses in some of our family relationships and some of the tensions and some of the, the issues that have come up. And so we're trying to figure out how to make sure that from the Word of God, how we're not going to fall out of love while on lockdown. Amen. And so uh, I believe that the Word of God has some practical and transformational uh, and applicational stuff that can teach us uh, how to make sure that we we can move forward in our relationships in spite of. And so I've been working on this, this uh, series, and I hope and I pray that it's been blessing you. And today I want to deal with what uh, when we're in our own worlds, when we're in our own worlds, I have discovered that uh, one of the hard things about relationships is that if we're not uh, connecting in the same plane and on the same vein, that misunderstandings will lead to miscommunication and miscommunication can end up as mistreatment. Uh, and so I want to deal with uh, from this idea of, of when we're in our own worlds, how do we overcome some of these miscommunication issues so that we don't fall into mistreatment? And so I want to start today with John chapter two, uh, John chapter two, uh, verses one through five, a real simple passage of scripture right at the beginning of John's gospel and right at the beginning of Jesus's earthly ministry. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Watch what the Bible says. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus's mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. Verse three says the wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus's mother told him, they have no more wine. Verse four, Jesus says, dear woman, that's not our problem. Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Now watch this. I, I already told you, Jesus's public ministry had not yet started. Uh, he, was, he hadn't done any miracles. He was still relatively unknown. He was 
in and around and still based around Nazareth and his hometown. And the Bible says that Jesus and his disciples were invited to a wedding and Jesus's mother was there. Now you got to know a couple of things about wedding traditions in the first century in Palestine. Uh, the groom and his family were the hosts for that week. And it was a week long celebration that there was the, the initial ceremony, but there was a week long aspect of celebration. And that groom's host and his family were responsible for making sure that there was enough food and enough drink for all of the guests during the entire week. Uh, and, and if you ran out, it was considered a public embarrassment. Uh, if you weren't able to have enough funds to, for, for the whole celebration, for the party to keep going on for a whole month, that, that was a social stigma. It was even known that people could sue uh, to get their money back. They could uh, ask you to return wedding gifts. It was a terrible thing. And so the fact that Jesus is there with his mother might actually imply that this marriage ceremony was actually probably, it was either, uh, it was some close member of the family, either a sister, but more likely one of the four half-brothers of Jesus. If you read scripture, Jesus had four brothers and at least two sisters that we know of, or it may even have been one of his cousins. All we know is that Mary comes to Jesus. Uh, apparently, Joseph is, is passed on at this time, and Jesus, as the oldest son, acts as the head of the family. And so if the, a close relative is involved in this, Jesus, as the head of his nuclear family, is also involved in making sure that things are going on. And so Mary comes to him and says, listen, Jesus, uh, they don't have any wine. Now, she probably didn't expect Jesus to perform a miracle because if you keep reading in verse 11, verse 11 tells us that he hadn't done any miracles. Uh, but it's interesting because Mary shows up and Mary plays her mom card. She says to him, listen, they, they ran out of wine and she says to the servants, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. Now, doesn't that sound just like a mama? She just took over, took over control. And listen, as it's Mother's Day, let me just say, God bless all of our mothers, all of our grandmothers, all of our uh, great aunts, all of the women in our lives who have stepped in and who have uh, allowed themselves to cheerlead us, who saw things in us that we didn't see in ourselves. I know I'm not the only one who has a testimony that if it hadn't been for a mother or a grandmother or an auntie, some woman who pushed us and cheerleaded us and provided for us what nobody else could. And here we see a picture of Mary doing that for her son, Jesus. She, she sees something in him and she says to him, you need to do something about this. She was asking her son to save the family from certain public scandal and embarrassment. Now she may not have been thinking about a miracle, but as he was a working carpenter, maybe she was thinking, go into the pocketbook, pull out some money, go find somebody who has some more wine. Now I gotta say, I love this scene, this little vignette from the life of Jesus, because it's so real. You have Mary who is annoyed because Jesus wasn't annoyed with what was annoying her. And then you have Jesus as, as the son being annoyed with his mom, not understanding where he was and what was going on in his life. And it doesn't get much realer than that. <laughs> but look what happens in verse four. He says to her, he says, dear woman, that's, that's not our problem. Uh, my time has not yet come. Uh, the, now, if you have the New King James translation or the, or the ESV or, or even the, the CSV, um, it, it seems a little harsh. Jesus comes out saying, woman, 
what does your concern have to do with me? Now, that, that phraseology, um, what does that have to do with me? Uh, realize, number one, he, he wasn't disrespecting her. He used a word that was uh, very common in that day, uh, which was if, if for some of us Southern uh, regional African Americans, you know, you call somebody mudir. It's, it's not calling them out of their name. It's a term of endearment. In this case, uh, that's when he referred to hear her as woman or dear woman. It was more like a mudir or mother dear. Um, but then this this Semitic idiom that that he uses, where he says, "What does that have to do with me?" It's it's a interesting phrase that's used several times in scriptures. Most of the time, you'll see it is when demons will ask Jesus. What are you messing with us for? What, what, we're, not, we're not messing with you. We're staying in our lane. Why are you messing with us? Jesus uses that same phraseology. What, I'm not in that realm. I'm not in that lane. I'm not thinking what you're thinking. I'm not where you are. Why are you trying to drag me into where you are? Watch this. That understanding that phrase pulls us into and under, helps us to understand that when this phrase is you, what does that have to do with me? It refers to a difference in realm or plane or world or priorities. It's it's I'm not where you are. I I don't I don't want to we are missing each other because I'm not mentally where you are mentally. Watch this. Mary was looking at the need for him to help restock refreshments while Jesus was looking at the need for redemption, which was his main mission in the world. Have you noticed that tension and conflict and misunderstanding and miscommunication happen when we aren't operating and communicating with the same priorities? What might be important to you may not be important, so important to them. And if you push at them with your priorities, you might miss them because you're not even operating on the same planet as them. This is more than just not being on the same page. They're two totally different realms. So watch this. That's why the Bible tells us, warns us even in 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, that believers ought not to be unequally yoked with non-believers because it's not the same world. It's not the same kingdom. It's not the same realm. Watch this. She is, she's using her position as mom to drag her into concerns that concern her while he, as he is beginning to focus on what he's called to do for the kingdom of God, he, he's not operating in that realm. He's not operating in that plane. His eyes were focused on the mission of bringing redemption and the kingdom of God to bear on earth. And his mom wants him to worry about what's happening at a wedding. Jesus says, it's not my problem. My time hasn't come yet. But then notice that he does what his mom is asking for anyway. Huh. Matter of fact, the, the only other time you see Jesus and Mary showing up in the same story in John's gospel is right here at the beginning in chapter two, but at the end in John 19, when Jesus is on the cross, right around verse 25 and 27, the Bible uh, references the fact that Jesus is there, his mother is there, his aunt is there, 
uh, two other women are there and his best friend who also happens to be his first cousin. Um, Salome, Mary's sister, is John's mom. Jesus and the disciple John were first cousins. And while they were there, Jesus, while he is dying, stops long enough to make sure that he serves and honors and blesses and takes care of his mom by transferring his job as the oldest son as caregiver over to his BFF, to his buddy, to his boy, to his best cousin, John. Jesus at one point said that it's not my world, that being concerned with these things isn't my world and it's not my time yet. But then even when it was his time and before he got to that time, he stopped long enough to make sure that he did right and served and honored his mother. Uh, what happened? What switched? Well, it seems as if from what Jesus said and then the response, it, it seemed as if it, Jesus was kind of in this place where some of us as the saints sometimes are, that we're so heavenly minded, we're no earthly good, that we're so focused on spiritual things that we can't deal with people in relevant little things. But watch this. Jesus figured out that being submitted to what the father called him to do and serving and submitting to his mom were not mutually exclusive. Watch this, that even though there was, there was this misunderstanding that caused some miscommunication, Jesus decided that he, because he was submitted to his father, he could then submit to his mother. Watch this. I have discovered that only by submitting to God only by placing our will under the authority of His are we enabled to overcome our miscommunication issues that we have with our loved ones. I don't care what happened. I don't care how much water under the bridge. I don't care how far it is in the past. As much as you can do, when you and I submit under the authority of the Father and we put our minds on obeying Him, watch this, it enables us to get off our high horse and to step into the world of our loved one and communicate correctly with them. Uh, it, it's kind of like uh, what, what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5. He talks about how the Corinthian Christians, the, the Macedonian Christians, first gave themselves to the Lord, and then they gave themselves to the mission of serving others through Jesus Christ. It's when we start by submitting to Him that we're then able to have the power to step out of our little bubbles and meet people where they are and love on them and serve them and honor them. Whether it's our relationships, whether it's our marriage, whether it's our relationship with our mothers and our families, we have to recognize that we don't always operate on the same realms. We don't think the same way. We're not on the same wavelength and we won't be on the same page. And if we're not careful, that, that, that miscommunication can turn into mistreatment. So what do we do? How do we resolve it? We have to do what Jesus did. He, he, he submitted to the Father first, and it enabled him, it gave him the strength and the capability to then submit to, step back into his mom's world, and turn water into wine. Listen, rather than being upset by the differences, by the miscommunications, as, as Jesus followers, we have to resubmit ourselves daily to the will of God, step into the world of our loved ones, and fulfill God's call and God's will by serving them and honoring them. And I pray that this Mother's Day,
that you would make it your business to step out of whatever your world is, submit to God enough to love on somebody else and to honor and serve your mother. Even if there was problems in your relationship with your mom, I pray that this day that you would step out of your world and get into their world and serve and love. Can I pray for us? Father, we thank you. We bless you so much for all that you have done. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for our mothers and our grandmothers and the godly women that you've placed in our lives and around us. And Lord, we're sorry for all the times that we start, stayed stuck on stupid and we forgot to humble ourselves and submit ourselves to you so that we could serve and honor other people. Lord, especially in this day when so many people are operating in their selfishness. Help us to operate in your world enough to love people in ours. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, Refuge. I just want to thank God for this opportunity to share a testimony with you. My husband and I have a large number of family members that are in the medical field, especially in New York City. Early March, my aunt, her husband, her three daughters, and um, a few other family members, they got sick. Now, mind you, my family is very close. They got sick, but a couple of them that lived in the house, in some of those houses, did not get sick. But the symptoms were just familiar symptoms, like the flu symptoms, allergies, things that they were familiar with. When the time came, all that group and others got the opportunity to get tested and most of those that got tested came back positive. And I'm telling you, God is so amazing. If you don't know, my family is in the epicenter of the whole thing, okay? Like in Queens and the lower parts of Long Island, that's where my family lives. And as you know, people have been dying like flies in those areas. But God is so good because his word that says, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 may be dying by your right hand, but these evils will not conquer you. When he said no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper, he didn't say the weapon would not form, but he said it would not prosper. In this case, he did not allow COVID-19 to prosper in my against my family. And there are so many others, whether it's in, within the parts of the United States in New York City, like my father, my brothers, my sister, that are in the medical field and other essential type jobs, everybody that's been that's connected to my husband and my friends and family, no one has been to the hospital, has been on a ventilator, you know, has lost anybody due to COVID-19. That is a miracle, okay? Especially for those that are in the center of it all and they are still there, still working, still standing strong, still fighting, you know, for their patients and, and those that they serve. I'm saying this to encourage you, no matter what you are going through, know that God is faithful and the power of prayer, do not underestimate it. I am so glad I have a praying family. I have a praying church. I am so thankful to my pastor, Jeremy Upton and the I team and everybody else that has prayed for my family and I. I'm so super, super grateful. Not because my family is special or anything. We're not more special than your fa than the families that have been victimized. But because God is gracious, because God is sovereign, what he does for one, he'll do for another. So what he did for my family, he'll do for your family. It may be under a different circumstance, but he will do it for you. So don't get discouraged. 
keep your head up. All God is faithful, and I love him with all that I am. My family is a living, breathing testimony of what God can do. I love you all. Be blessed. Hey, Refuge, listen, apparently it's my turn to give the announcements on this Sunday. And so just a couple of quick things that I want to make sure that you know. On May 16th, May 16th, write that down, May 16th, that's next Saturday, next Saturday at 1 p.m., 1 p.m., we will be meeting and we will be showing up for a drive-by prayer event at the Brookwood Gardens Nursing Home right here in Homestead. We're gonna make sure that you get all the information and we're gonna make sure that you get what to do. But the big thing that you need to be ready for is this week, I need you to get some cardboard. I need you to get some, some poster board and I want you to make some signs that would be a blessing that, to be, that would encourage the workers and the staff at the Brookwood Gardens because we're gonna drive by, we're gonna pull up in their parking lot, we're gonna spend a few minutes loving on them and cheering them and then we're gonna pray for them in our cars and then we're gonna drive off and let them get back to what they're doing. There's a lot of stuff going on but I need you May 16th, May 16th at 1 p.m. I want you to meet us there at the Brookwood Gardens home so that we can have our drive-by prayer event for those, those staff and those workers who are on the front lines dealing with this thing day in and day out. Also, I want you to know that if you are in need, if you're in need, if this economic situation is squeezing on you and you need help, if you would, please, ma'am, please, sir, get in contact with one of our deacons, or you can send an email to info at refugechurchmiami.org. Get in touch with us. We want to make sure that we do what we can. People have been faithfully giving so that we as a church could meet needs starting in our church and then moving outward. Also, if you are capable, if you have graphic capability and you want to help us improve all of this, we definitely need your help. If you would get in contact with us at info at refugechurchmiami.org this week, we want to get you up and moving on that. Also, if you have a testimony, if God's been doing some amazing stuff, and even if he's been doing just little stuff, but he's been doing it in such a way, you got to share it. We want to hear from you. We want you to share, be able to share that with the larger body of Christ. If you would get in contact with us this week, we have some parameters for what that's going to look like and how you do it. Elder Trey will walk you through all the steps, but we want to make sure that the word of God isn't just coming from me, but it's coming from all of us as we encourage each other. Listen, big, huge announcement, big, huge announcement. On May the 17th, that's, the, that's next Sunday, on May 17th, I want to announce that we're going to start having online actual children's programming for our children, not just for us as adults on Sunday morning, but for our children ages three all the way up to age 11. We're going to have programming for you. I'm so excited about this. I'm, I'm pumped because it's going to be an amazing thing that God is going to do, and I'm looking forward to it. So mark your calendars. We're going to get some more information out to you. Last and not least, if you want to be a part of our Facebook C group, we have a C group that's happening on Facebook, our own Refuge Church C group. If you want to be a part, make sure you join us. Make sure you send that, that request on Facebook, or you can contact the church number and we'll make sure that we get the information to you. All right, listen, it is time to worship God in giving. It's time to worship God in giving. I'm so 
proud of this church continuing to give in spite of all the things that have gone on. We haven't missed a beat. God has been faithful because you have been faithful to God. And so I appreciate that your tithes, your offerings, even your love offerings have continued to flow in because that's what it's required of us. We are to be obedient to God. And so I'm going to ask before you even get off this platform that you'll pull your phones out, that you'll get ready. There's four different ways to give, that you would choose the one that best suits you and that you would allow God, that you would submit yourself to God enough that you would bless him. Because as you bless him with your gifts, the Bible says God opens the windows of heaven. God gives all grace. He makes all grace abound. He puts the prophet's reward on the house of the one who gives. And so I, it's not about getting something from you. It's about getting some blessings to you. And so if you if you do that, you see the four ways that you can give. Be prepared to worship God in giving together. All right, let's, do, let's get ready to do it. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you and we glorify you for all of your blessings, Father God. We thank you that you are a God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus, we want to thank you for your shed blood on the cross that has redeemed us to our awesome Father. And Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that you sent to empower us and guide us and teach us. We give you all the praise and the glory. Father, we want to lift up this offering to you, Lord. Bless those who could give and those who could not give. For Father, we want to be true servants for you and we want to honor you with our finances. So we ask that you bless the gifts that are coming to your house to be used for the building of your kingdom, Father God. And Father, we also want to say thank you and we want to close out our service today so we say now unto him who was able to do above and beyond what we could ask or think to all the glory, to all the honor and all the praise. We are here to praise and honor you. Father, bless your saints. And I speak joy, peace, happiness and into their spirits, body, mind and soul and protection over them, Father, in this time of a pandemic. In Jesus name, I do pray, Father God. Amen.